afternoon with me, Karen Ko. And it's time now to uh, talk about something a little bit different in Hong Kong. If you like Singaporean food and you'd like to try a new place, you have to check this place out. It's called Dignity Kitchen. It's in Mong Kok. And it's a new social enterprise in Hong Kong which trains and employs disabled and disadvantaged people to cook, serve and run the place. And it serves up yummy options like laksa and uh, nasi lemak as well as a delicious pandan cake. I know that because I went there recently to had to have a meal and to have a look around. Well, joining me on the line now is Ko Seng Chun, who is the founder of Dignity Kitchen. So Seng Chun, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, coming to your program. Thanks very much, Karen. So first of all, tell us a, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to start Dignity Kitchen. Okay. Uh, Okay, very good question. Now, let me start by saying, if, for those who have been to Singapore, you realize there's no beggars in Singapore. You don't see beggars, you don't see homeless people, you don't see disabled people in shopping center. And that was the impetus to actually thinking, where are they? You can't have five over million and you can't find them. So I started something called Dignity Day, where I go around doing one good deed, one good social program a day, a, a month. And from there, I built on the experience of social good. Then in 2006, I started with the idea of giving back to society. Uh, my mommy, daddy always told me something, you know, zero to 25, you learn, you get your degree, you get your whatever it is. Uh, 25 to 50, you earn, you earn your money, you earn your reputation. 50 onwards, you must always give back. You know, the Chinese has a problem, it says, Semputai Semputai Chi. So I decided that maybe I should do something and give back to society. And that's how Dignity Kitchen started. Wow. So and 06, I looked, um, that's how I started. Okay. And did you actually have a background in either food and beverage or oh, in, sorry, no, 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 in no, no, working no. with people with disabilities? <laughs> uh, my full-time choice is something else. I take company from China to develop business in India. I do India to go to China. So that is, I'm a management consultant before I do this. Well, but because so I do the social program every day, I got to know a lot about social issue. And that's how it started. Great. And so tell us, what's the whole concept? How, how would you explain the concept? Okay. It's very simple. I would take a person with disability. Oh, wait, before I started, maybe I explain what's a social enterprise. Now, mm. a social enterprise is actually a commercial entity with a social cost or social good. So what is my social impact? My impact is to create jobs for people with disability. So who are my beneficiaries? People who are physically disabled? people who are mentally disabled, people who are socially disabled, and people who are intellectually disabled. Then what is the, you know, what do I do with the profit I make as a commercial entity? I must give back to them. So if you look at Dignity Kitchen, over 90% of what we earn goes back to them. So for example, if I take a person with disability, I pay the person in Hong Kong $37.50 per hour to be trained. So one person will cost me about, after six to eight weeks of training, will be about 20,000, 30,000. So every day I go around Hong Kong and I invite Luanka, old people from the nursing home for lunch free of charge. A bus will pick them up, bring them for city tour and come here for lunch free. And then we get people like yourself, Karen, to sing song for them, to curry go for them, serve with them, talk <laughs> to them. You, you'll be very surprised actually. Old people just want somebody to talk to, especially nursing home. Yeah, they're, so they're really lonely. Uh, yeah. then who's paying for all this? This comes from the revenue we generate here. So, for example, we sell food, we do food delivery, 
we organize events, we uh, have training programs. So if you want to learn how to make kaya toast, uh, pandan cake, uh, we run classes. And then you can come and learn. And the money we earn support all these social costs. So we don't make a lot of money, but the money mustn't be kept. It must be given back to them. So scholarship, uh, you know, lunch treat for elderly, that's what we do. Mm. So that is a social enterprise, the meaning of a social enterprise. Right. And- so... And, you know, when you when you first came up with the idea, of course, you have to have some money to to find a place and invest in equipment, etc. Was it was it yeah. difficult to, to raise money? Um, I mean, did people look at you and say, oh, you're crazy? Yeah. When I first started, I tell people, you know, in Singapore, you got something called hawker center or food court. Trying to get a normal person to run a food court is tough enough. You're trying to get people with stroke, mental, breast cancer, and all kinds to run polio, to run a food court, a food store, is even harder. And people don't think it will work. But what I did is, I did one thing I think I will share with you, is that don't look at their disability. Look at their ability. Mm. So, for example, if you come and see my coffee place here, they're done by deaf people. So the idea is don't train them, train you. If everybody in Hong Kong learns simple sign language by ordering coffee, and then the world of the death will be even more blessed. So you got people with polio, low IQ, and they run all the po chai fan, uh, uh, chicken rice, and that's what they do. We actually look at their ability and train them accordingly. Right. And the basic principle of what I do is very simple. Skill them first. So cooking is a skill. I don't make a handicraft. You know, a lot of people in, they like to make handicraft and sell for disabled, for people mm-hmm. with disability. I think, Cooking is, eat, cook food is very important. You know, everybody needs to eat. It's a good skill, after yes. Scaling, yeah, after scaling them, by the way, the skill is based on Singapore's Skill Future Program. It's actually a skill program. There are three parts, operation, management, and culinary skill. Right. We are the developer, by the way. Then basically, after scaling them, you must give them jobs. A lot of places in Hong Kong, when you train people, you don't try to place them. You must place them job. Once they earn money, they can support themselves. Then after that, it must integrate back to society. And what I did was I opened a cookbook center. So rich and poor, young and old come here. And finally, get inclusion, meaning getting Hong Kong people to accept people with disability cooking for them. So yeah. starting was tough because I didn't get a lot of money. I remortgaged my office to build the first one. Then as I expanded, I borrowed money. And the last one in where we are now, uh, because it was... The project when I started was losing money every day. I was losing a thousand Hong Kong uh, Singapore dollar. I was losing five thousand Hong Kong dollar a day wow. when I first started. So eventually, when it was making money, right after three years, I made I break even. Because trying to train normal people is tough. Trying to train people with disability is even yeah. tougher. T- tell us a bit more about that. How do you run a training program? Not Because you don't just have people with one disability, you have people, as you mentioned, with a whole range of disabilities. Yeah. Okay, first of all, what after so many years, we are very careful on what, who we choose to train. You see, we are not funded by any government agency, so we cannot fail. So, and we are, those are the people we think we can train them and place them with jobs. So the interview process is very critical. So after we take you in, we are very patient. That's why the program can be anything from four weeks to eight weeks, depending on what the person's disability. And the beauty part of it is the food. Everybody can relate to food. You mm. know, 
Hong Kong people breakfast talk about lunch, talk about supper, <laughs> table talk about supper, dinner, then supper, then after supper you talk about breakfast. Yeah. Food is a need, not a want. So with the people with disability, it's the same thing. They love food. And we always look for that thing. They must be, they love, must, they must love cooking and, you know, and that is how we succeed that you must find their passion. And what we do after that is to patiently guide them to different things. And one thing about cooking is that every time you cook something, you can try it. Yes, and that's true. After that, we, uh, then when you come to Dignity Kitchen, you realize, uh, that they learn three things. They learn how to food preparation. They learn how to cook the food. And the most important is service support. You go to any of the store now, they can present the thing to you very nicely. Now, after so many months, I tell you, they don't follow the script, which is good. And after that, we have to, you know, they have pride. If you come to my place, they have pride. And that is something that I'm very proud of. We did something quite unique today, actually. We did the first wheelchair food delivery. Wow, tell us about um, that. Wheelchair okay. food delivery. You see, I'm an engineer by training. I'm not a social worker. So when I realized in Hong Kong, there are a lot of wheelchair-bound people. And even they cannot find a job because most of the office are not wheelchair accessible. So most of them are unemployed. So one day this lady came, I said, I can help you, but you must follow what I explained to you first. So you see, what I did was from Shanghai uh, Kaya, which is where we are, I draw a circle, which is one kilometers. And I told her, I want you to go and deliver food to another place called the Cory's Hotel. So two weeks, one week ago, we actually started it. So basically she take the food from us, she go over there and give it to the, that's all it does. So mm. this today, we also did one thing that nobody has ever done in Hong Kong. We get a blind person to do food delivery. Wow, that's and fantastic. We did it. Yeah, she, she just did it to Jordan, Aming Tsai. She did it to Jordan. And she honestly, we can do it because your transport system, MTR, is quite, is quite good, you know? Yeah. And they can come to work, they can go there. And with a telephone and a line, they can actually help. And this is the second time we did it. So our, our, our approach is we look at their ability, not disability. So from there on, we are actually, so if anybody that is within one kilometer of 618 Shanghai Kai, they can always come up with chicken rice, laksa. We can, I can get a wheelchair bound to deliver for you. But That's... my dream is, my hope is a bit bigger. I hope that if I can do this, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, could employ these people within one kilometer of their outlet to do delivery. Right. Well, I mean, right. one of the, the goals you say is for the trainees to eventually leave you and find jobs, right? Yes. That's right. That's right. And what but kind you, of, jo what kind of jobs do you think they, they'll be able to find? Okay. Eventually, now I have 39 disabled people working for me now. Uh, this is batch five. They just started a new batch. So that's five or ten of them with mental intellectual and physical on wheelchair. So when we train them, they get jobs in food, uh, you know, canteen, service staff, uh, food preparation, you know, uh, central kitchen. You see, we actually try to fit the job into what they are able to do. In Singapore, we have 100% placement. So here we are going to start placing now. now. Now we just started. So we hope to do it by June to start placing them. There's a big shortage of people who wash dish, uh, dishes in dishwasher. Mm -hmm. But you don't call them dishwasher. You call them machine operator. Because most of them are operating that washing machine. Right. So it's a matter of redesigning them and say that, okay, help me to... Op op in Singapore, we're very successful in op uh, 
young autistic kids running machine, washing machine, dishwashing machine. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of how to find them. You see, we are not like mass production. We are actually customized, meaning we look at the individual and see what they're good at, and then we get them job. Wow. So, I mean, you're clearly um, uh, quite innovative in that you can look at something where other people see obstacles, you see opportunities. So what, personally, what have you learned from this whole process? Wow, good question. When I first came here, I need to understand, uh, you know, I learned, I set up a company, I registered a company, I do whatever it is, because I, I must be honest, I'm very thankful to your Hong Kong URA. They have been very helpful and where they put a lot of guidance for us to actually help us. So I want to thank people in URA to actually help us. They give us a site here, which we started operating. Then in June, we started operation. Then the problem starts, the, the demonstration. So right. the, those six months, in, it was very tough. For example, when the MRT is shut down, we have a lot of problems. My people, disabled people, has to walk two hours to come here. Then uh, there were breaks on the floor. They, I mean, I can't do my delivery, right? So those challenges, there are many. Only eventually, supposed to start in October, we actually end up opening in December. But what I wasn't expecting after one crisis is that in December, the coronavirus started. So yeah. it's just one challenges. But now, like, practically, because nobody come here to eat and all that, and that's where the challenges start. But if you, if, since you've been to my place, you realize my people are very good. You know, the 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 the, 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 the disabled people that runs the whole store, they own, they are very positive. Extremely you know? capable, yes. They are very positive, and that's why I take pride. Maybe I want to share you something I learned about Hong Kong. Uh, when I started this journey in January, February, I decided to stay in Sam Shui Po Kun Tong, the the place where poverty is high. And let me tell you, every morning I wake up in the morning and I tell you, uh, Hong Kong people are very resilient. They are very hardworking. And I find uh, Hong Kong will not have a problem because the people are something I truly respect and they are really hardworking people. So whatever crisis you go through, uh, I think Hong Kong will be better, you know, a lot better after each crisis. That's my experience. I mean, I'm, I'm a Singaporean telling about what I felt about Hong Kong. Uh, that's wonderful. Well, you know, I think it's mm. great that you've been able to bring this here and really show others that uh, making something of your own can really um, not, I mean, it's not easy, but it can be done because if you look at things differently and don't just make the assumptions that everybody makes, especially about right. the disabled right. and the disadvantaged. So tell listeners then exactly where to find you and what hours that you're open. Okay. We are located at 618. Shanghai Street, Shanghai Kaya, uh, in Mongkok, and we're on the second floor. So when you walk in, uh, you're actually walking into a hawker center, in Singapore-style hawker center, or uh, your Tai Pai Tong in the 60s. That means every individual store is at Tai Pai Tong like that. Which, and if you walk around, there's a lot of mural and things like that. So It's a you, very cool building. It's really nicely yeah, um, renovated. It's very nice, actually. Uh, really. Then we have an event hall where if you have event. Uh, come and have do your event here. Like we recently, we did a tango dancing thing. You know, come and engage this thing. You know, it'll be nice, right? Yeah. And if people want to find out your um, contact details, do you have a Facebook page or a yes, website? Yes, we have a Facebook. It's uh, it's Dignity Kitchen Hong Kong. You just have to go to that. 
And if you want find out more of what we do, there's also Dignity Kitchen Singapore, where we train and all that. Singapore is a lot bigger operation, right? So basically, if you've got people out there, actually what I want, I hope to do now is I want to recruit people who can help me to run this place. So if there's a sous chef out there or, you know, young guy and cook and everything, and who can work with people with disability, which is not easy, right? We can train you. And that is the important thing is actually I'm also looking at uh, Cathay Pacific girls or airline stewardess because they are very well-trained individuals. In Singapore, our yeah. trainers are all Singapore airline girls, hmm. right? Because they can handle 400 passengers. Come on, they can <laughs> exactly. handle anything. <laughs> exactly. Right? So that's what we're trying to do is engage these people and they can reach out to this, to them. Well, so if anybody is looking for, you know, a yeah, challenge, you're looking, like, yeah, get we in can touch. train you. Because we hope, I my dream is, my hope is that in three years' time, I want to give this to Hong Kong people, by Hong Kong people, for Hong Kong people. So that's what we try to do. Because at the moment, I got four trainers from Singapore putting it together now. We hope to train the Hong Kong people to run the whole thing. Well, Mr. Ko, thank you so much. I mean, your optimism, your enthusiasm is something that um, I think we can all benefit from and, and Hong Kong really needs right now. Thanks so much for joining us to tell us about Dignity thank Kitchen. You, thank you. Okay. okay, you take care then. Bye-bye. Thank you. And that was Ko Seng Chun, who is the founder of Dignity Kitchen. Um, so get along there and have a great Singapore meal. It's in uh, Mong Kok at 618 Shanghai Street, which is a very cool renovated um, building. You're listening to the